it's fascinating to watch and cover a Minnesota Timberwolves team that has great metrics. It's 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 different. It's fun. Uh, let's get into it here on the John Krasinski Show with John Krasinski from the Athletic. Uh, I'm kind of fascinated, John, that you know you watch them play on a nightly basis, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good. And but the metrics, the last couple of months, the offensive metrics, the defensive metrics, the metrics when they have the starting five together, their metrics when D'Angelo Russell's healthy and in the lineup, the metrics point to this being a good team. Yeah, it, it, they do, Jim, and and it's a great point that it's been pretty consistent, at least from a. Um, from two entities that you hit on. One is the starting five, Beverly, Edwards, Russell, Towns, uh, Vanderbilt. When that group is together, like they're not just good, like they're overwhelmingly good. It's like, I mean, you know, 40 points, um, uh, a net rating of plus 40, uh, you know, on their, um, in their minutes. And I mean, that's just, that's remarkable. It's by far the best in the league. Uh, you know, they could, you take, they could regress to the mean by a you know a wide margin and still be really really good. So that's important. Number two is defensively they've just been consistently right around a top ten team for most of the season. And I think that in talking to coaches about their optimism for what could lie ahead. And now that they are apparently knock on wood, they're relatively through the COVID um, kind of surge that came through. I mean, most of their, their guys, all of their key guys, I think outside of maybe Jaden McDaniels have gotten it. Um, So they should be fairly good to go here for, I don't know, a a couple of months or so at least. But um, yeah, that, that, they that the defense was going to be the thing that was able to sustain them, and you know you you, you can have nights like Malik Beasley the the previous two games, uh, a game against Memphis he couldn't hit anything, a game um, the against Golden State on Sunday he really shot the ball well, and and so you're going to fluctuate in terms of when your shots are falling, but if they can bring a regular defensive energy and tenacity about them, it just really allows them to be able to kind of stay around in this Western Conference playoff race uh, for a while. They are a they have a right now a net rating as a group of plus 1.1 points per 100 possessions, which is good. Like that's a that's a quality team in this league. Um, and and so there are a lot of those numbers that you look at as long as they can get lucky and and keep players healthy both either away from covid or away from major injury that says that this team is going to be in the western conference playoff picture the whole way through so i think that yeah it's it's a new day like covering games that have actual stake um, you know this late into the season at well past the halfway point is different but i it, it doesn't feel like a fluke right now it feels like a team that is playing consistently pretty well and belongs in this hunt here. The John Krasinski show is part of the talknorth.com podcast network. Recently we've added uh, gophers 
voice Mike Grimm to the network. He's doing some really good stuff. We've also added On the Bench, which is a really cool, fun, offbeat hockey show that pairs nicely with our Russo show and our Bar Down Beauty show. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to TalkNorth.com. You can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. You can find the archives there, our sponsors there. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See the shows as they are released. Best way to listen, subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Next live show for John Krasinski is January 24th, 7 p.m. at Tuttle's Eat Play Bowl in Hopkins. Tuttle's Eat Play Bowl in Hopkins. Uh, Tin Cup Whiskey will start the pregame festivities at 6.15. Show will be at 7. We'll take live questions. Tin Cup will have drink specials and giveaways and games. It's a blast. Come out and see us. Thanks to our other sponsors, Head Flyer Brewing, TSR Injury Law, Memorial Blood Center, Manscaped and All Energy Solar, and thank you to our producer Brandon Morton. Uh, tell me more about Jarrett Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, he he was kind of your classic uh, single skill NBA bench player, and now he's a starter on a potentially good team who seems to be finding ways to incorporate himself into the offense at least as a cutter. Uh, how did he make this leap? Yeah, it's it's a remarkable story, Jim. Um, and you know, I think we've kind of documented it before the, from uh, the standpoint of Jared Vanderbilt was a uh, just to throw in, in the Malik Beasley, Wancho or Gomez trade, like from Denver, he, they, he, they just didn't have room for him in Denver. Um, he was going to be uh, up. Uh, re, you know, he, he was going to have the contract up in another year. He had been through uh, rehabbing of, injuries that um from from college and really from high school dating back to high school that had really he barely played for for a couple for his first two years in the NBA but what people what some people kind of forgotten about him and or or didn't know at all was that Jared Vanderbilt was a McDonald's all-American blue chip prospect when he got to Kentucky he was one of the crown jewels of a Kentucky Wildcats recruiting class and when you are when you can say that that is saying that you have unbelievable big time talent um once he was at Kentucky he had foot problems and so he never was really able to get going there ended up leaving school early so he could get to the NBA and kind of utilize the NBA's rehab processes for two surgeries on his feet um he had back-to-back surgeries on his left foot and his right foot um and so then he gets to Minnesota and he's finally healthy and he's getting his legs underneath him really for the first time in about three or four years. And so um, right away you look at it and he's like, man, this guy is raw. Like he, he you know, he doesn't have great hands. Um, he has zero shooting range at all, um, but he's super athletic. He is, he's a six, eight dude who can guard really one through five. And, um, and so there was some promise there, but I think most people looked at Jared Vanderbilt and said, you know, this could be, you know, your classic bench grinder, come in, muck the game up a little bit, you know, you throw some elbows, grab a couple of rebounds, then go sit back down. But what has been remarkable this season has been not only his improvement in terms of being able to stay healthy and stay on the floor and get bigger minutes, but you are seeing week to week his game really blossoming. Um, when you talk about most improved players, I mean, Vanderbilt is right at the top of it because he is now like at the start of the season, he was 
an absolute liability offensively. Basically, all teams were doing were, was doubling the, the heck out of Carl Anthony Towns and totally ignoring Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and the Wolves didn't really know how to use him uh, to, to kind of like take advantage of the lack of attention that he was getting. Well, as the season has gone along, now Jared Vanderbilt is cutting to the basket for easy um, uh, layups and dunks. He's catching the ball better. He's still got a long ways to go from a hands perspective, but he's catching the ball better and finishing plays at the rim. He and, he and D'Angelo Russell are a devastating pick-and-roll combination right now. He's one of the only players on the Wolves roster who sets a screen and then rolls to the basket. Towns likes to pick and pop. Um, you know, Nas Reed kind of will, will roll too, but he also likes to pick and pop. Vanderbilt just rolls hard. He's catching lobs at the rim. He's doing those sorts of things. He is also um, getting the ball in his hands a little bit more on the open court and and making passes and making plays. And so it just seems like every successive week that he is there, um, you're seeing another wrinkle from him that you didn't see before. And it's been a great job by Chris Finch and Kevin Hansen and the and the and the Wolves kind of uh, player development staff to to help him along. It's been a great job by D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and 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 Pat Beverly and and Andrew Wiggins or uh, Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Edwards to um, kind of figure out how to incorporate him. And then it's been an unbelievable job by Vanderbilt because he has so much energy and he is such a good rebounder and he brings so much to the table that way. Um, that he has found a role that he's really settled into. And he is definitely one of the most impactful players on the roster. I mean, we talk about Edwards Towns Russell all the time, but Vanderbilt is as, you know, has as big of an effect sometimes on these games by just what he does that the rest of the starting five cannot do. So it's been a, it's been an incredible story for him for sure. Yeah, it's the best kind of story, too. You just love to see people get get a shot and make the most of it the way he has. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday morning. Tonight, the Timberwolves will be playing against Tom Thibodeau and the, the Knicks. We don't really do pregame or preview shows. We do try to do topics that will have a shelf life, but we do want to just get into Tibbs a little bit. Uh, how are things going for our guy in New York right now? Yeah, it was a pretty rocky earlier this season, Jim. Um, you know, they they had kind of gone went through a period where I think they lost seven of eight. They had really kind of they they had dropped you know fairly significantly below five hundred, and there was some angst among the Knicks fans among you know people following that team. Just like had they already hit the Tibbs wall, that teams inevitably hit when he's coaching them uh, to his credit, to the, to the Knicks credit, they have sort of stabilized since then they've won five of their last seven. Um, they are playing a little bit better uh, all around. Julius Randall is playing better than he was. He was, he was just awful early in the season, but um, I, I, you know, I would think that uh, when, when looking back at when the Wolves and the Knicks played on December 28th, and even though the Wolves were playing the second night of a back-to-back, um, they lost that game 96-88, and that was one of those games, Jim, where you, you, you think that, man, a loss like that in, against a team that was really playing poorly that you should have beaten could come back to haunt you down the stretch of the season when you're jockeying for playoff position and things like that. So um, I didn't think they were playing particularly well. 
Um, you know, I, I just, it, it, at that moment, they were just like, a, they were a team that looked like the, the Tibbs, you know, kind of fog um, was, was in them, as I'd seen here in Minnesota, and we saw at the end of his Chicago tenure. But they seem to have found a little bit of a spark now lately, you know, wins over the Hawks and the Mavericks, uh, the Celtics, like that are pretty good wins. So the you know, when they play tonight in Madison Square Garden, it, it'll be a tougher game. But I do think also that this is the kind of game that if you are a team serious about being playoff, uh, a playoff team, like you go in and win that game, like or at least play really well and and be super competitive um, in the game. So this is the, the, the Knicks are not they don't have an overwhelming amount of talent. You know, they, they, they have kind of holes in their game and, and in their roster. So. I'm really intrigued to see what the Timberwolves do with these guys because they've found a little bit of wind at their backs, but I think they're still very, very beatable. Tell me about Head Flyer Brewing, John. Yeah, Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis, not far from where my wife and I live. Um, we have been going there for years. We love it. We love their beer. We love their tap room. We love their their merch that they have there, their, 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 gla- their beer glasses, their uh, their t-shirts, their, their hoodies and things like that. They have, um, now, uh, for, for those looking to get out a little bit and get back into the real world, they have trivia nights on Wednesdays and Thursdays. They have games at seven o'clock and eight o'clock. They've just started opinion nation on Thursday. It's a family feud style kind of trivia game. They also have food options, both of those nights. So if you're looking not just to have a drink or two, but also get a little bite to eat and 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 have some friend uh, some fun with your family and friends on a trivia night. You can go check that out. You can win head flyer gift cards and other prizes. They will also be ha- having a winter event on January 29th from noon to eight. They're going to have multiple beer releases. They're going to have outdoor fire pits. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere, really cool vibe. Go in, check out some um, some. It was all a dream IPA. Check out some w- wicked jump shot and all of their their beer releases. They are right in Northeast Minneapolis, right easily off of easily accessible off of 35W and Hennepin Avenue. Uh, great place to check out. Also, um, remember to go on their social media, check out headflyerbrewing.com, check out Headflyer Brewing on Instagram and Twitter for, for promotions and things like that. Go on in and get yourself a beer and tell them that we sent you. Our friend Steve Terry joined us at one of our recent live shows at Tuttle's. So we hope to see him on January 24th. I need to remember to email Steve later today to invite him. He's a blast to have on the show. Uh, All you need to know about TSR injury law is if you're injured, first call should be 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. You will not be charged unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. They're also very nice, helpful people. And if they can't help you, they will point you in the right direction. It's just no risk. And if you are in a bad way, it can be high reward. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. We also want to thank Memorial Blood Center, a company doing great work. Ever known someone who's needed blood 60 times, 70, 100? You might know someone living with sickle cell disease. Our local Memorial Blood Centers is calling and willing all eligible donors to step up and donate. It takes all blood types to help save lives. And a diverse donor base helps a diverse range of hospital patients. Learn more online or schedule an appointment by visiting mbc.org or by calling 1-888-448-3253. So Andrew Wiggins didn't exactly have the revenge game he might have hoped uh, to have. He looked a little sleepy to me against the Timberwolves the other night. He did. He did, Jim. And, and I think um, 
a lot of Timberwolves fans are delighting in that um, because, <laughs> you know, uh, Andrew Wiggins certainly had a great game in Golden State against them, had a big dunk over Carl Anthony Towns and really just did bring the thunder against them as he is wont to do against teams that he has some sort of history with, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's Toronto, um, you know, things of that nature. He plays really well. Um, and so they came into that game on Sunday night without Steph Curry, without Draymond Green. And you think, okay, if you get a motivated Wiggins, this is going to be really ugly. Um, and, you know, maybe he's going to go for 40 and maybe he's really going to make the, uh, the, the Timberwolves fans just kind of stew again. Instead, you had 12 points on 11 shots. It was a very forgettable night and the, the Wolves won't going away. I think part of that, in all fairness, was it was the end of a long road trip for Golden State. They had played, I think, 14 of 18 games on the road. I think that the legs were a little bit weary. Um, but if you are a Timberwolves fan looking for red meat, Andrew Wiggins gave it to you on that night because this is like what the Wolves fans have been screaming at their top of their lungs ever since that Wiggins got to Golden State and has had sort of a renaissance. Now, he's had a very good year for the Warriors. He is getting all-star consideration for the Warriors. Um, but the, but what you saw on Sunday night was exactly what frustrated Wolves fans so much for five and a half years was that Curry's out, Draymond is out. Uh, end of a long road trip. That is kind of when you need a star player to step forward and just play his butt off and 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 sort of will a team forward. That's never been Andrew Wiggins' game. That's never been. That's what the Wolves needed from him primarily um, for all the years that he was here. They needed him to carry a franchise to to kind of set the tone in games. And he just rarely, rarely did that. Now in Golden State, when you're playing with Steph, when you're playing with Clay Thompson, who is now back, when you're playing with Draymond, he is much more of a role player and a very good one at that. He's He's been very good in that role so far, but um, he's not a guy who grabs a, a game by the throat and says, I'm taking this and I'm carrying my team with me. And that's why the Wolves traded him. They just they needed that from him. They did not. D'Angelo Russell now is playing a lot better for them. So I think some of the angst in that is starting to calm down a little bit. But yeah, that was that was the Timberwolves wig that we saw on Sunday night. It was not kind of this new fangled um, pseudo all star level Wiggins that everyone has been talking about in Golden State. It was it was a welcome sight, I think, for for Wolves fans who have just been saying you guys, this guy is who he is. Don't try to make him out to be more than what he is. Now for the money shot of the John Krasinski show, his Manscaped dad. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays the holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life 
to make each and every day a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? This package also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. And the complete to complete the perfect package for your package are liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys, then stay cool all day with toner to keep your, you feeling your best all day and night. These formulations will also have your balls smelling like a king on the big day. Manscaped created their products for a night just like Valentine's Day and will make your V-Day date say, wow, great set of balls you have there. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code athletic. You know, we need to get a company that specializes in cold showers to sponsor the show. We can run the cold <laughs> shower ad right after the Manscaped ad. Uh, Karen I mean, will have absolutely. to work on that. People right, are so riled up, no Karen, doubt about it. Yeah, Karen Clear will have to work on that. Uh, programming note. Uh, for Timberwolves fans, this week's Blocked and Muted with Jim Suhan. Yeah, that's my show uh, at TalkNorth.com. We'll feature Chris Finch as our uh, as our guest. Uh, check that out if you're interested. And uh, also want to remind you that utility costs are rising every year, and it's unnecessarily costing you money. But it doesn't have to be that way with the new system from All Energy Solar. Even if you have to take out a loan to finance your installation, you'll still save money in the long run. The loan payment will likely be less than what you would pay for electricity every month, and it's a locked-in price that won't change to start saving and make the switch to All Energy Solar. Book your appointment today at allenergysolar.com. So tell me about Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel, how they've played lately, uh, whether they're competing for minutes or whether they can coexist very nicely. Yeah, so um, it's been an interesting development, Jim, because you know we kind of ran the gamut with Malik Beasley in the past two games. Um, he has not been the shooter that he has been earlier in in his career with the Timberwolves. I mean, he was last year and even when he first came over in that small sample size after the Denver trade, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, super reliable, over 40% from three, just a guy who when the ball found him, especially in the corner, and he let that thing fly, you knew it was going down. And this season, I think for a multitude of reasons, one, the summer that he was, you know, going through his legal issues and and spent a a big chunk of it in jail. He was able to work out in a work release program, but it's not the same as kind of being out and about and doing things. I think that sent him back. I think that um, uh, I think that the change in role from a starter to a bench player has kind of messed with his head a little bit and he needs to do a better job of adjusting to that. Um, and, and so whatever it is, like he, it, it all conspired to really make him an unreliable three point shooter, 33, 34% for much of, of the season. That's just not good enough. I mean, it just, it was a big reason why the, the Wolves offense was stymied as much as it was. Um, and so then, you know, he kind of goes through all these struggles, but then he goes, they go to new Orleans, they have a lackluster loss. He's the best thing they have going there. Six of eight from three shot the ball really well. That was encouraging. But then in Memphis, when they really need him or they need the bench, he goes one for seven from three. 
Then he goes five for nine against the Warriors. It's just been this roller coaster, and he hasn't been able to find really much consistency. The other issue that Malik Beasley has dealt with or that the Wolves are dealing with with Malik Beasley is the rest of his game has not exactly come along um, and developed the way that everyone had hoped. He still really struggles when he has to take you know, more than three dribbles. Uh, he doesn't make plays for others, really. Um, his defense has slid over the course of this season. And so if he's not knocking down those threes, he's not really helping you. Then you have Jalen Noel, who was out of the rotation to start the season. And, and he has really come on to become an essential part of the bench. And the reason that he has become so important is his versatility. Like he's not as good of a three-point shooter as Malik Beasley is, but he can do so many more things than Beasley does. He's running the point guard um, with the second unit some now, which was something that Chris Finch was hesitant to do earlier on in his tenure coaching this team. Um, he basically has supplanted Jordan McLaughlin uh, as as sort of that third point guard um, to play with D'Angelo Russell, to play with Patrick Beverly, uh, and, and just brings some playmaking to that position. He also can get his own shot. Like, there are very few people on this roster who are equipped to have the ball on the perimeter, break a defender down, and get to a spot in that like 12-foot range, 10 to 12 feet, and knock down a shot. And that's what Jalen Noel can do so very well for this team so that when uh, an opposing team is on an 8-0 run, he can go get you a bucket the way that a guy like Malik Beasley cannot. He has to be in a catch-and-shoot situation and 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 even then it's kind of it's it's less than a coin flip if he's going to make it. So I think that Noel has certainly emerged as a better option off the bench than Malik Beasley, but they can play together. That's the great thing because of Noel's versatility and ability to play the point guard. So what the Wolves are certainly hoping now is that they saw Beasley go four for 10 against Houston, six for 10 um, from the field against uh, New Orleans, five for 10 against uh, Golden State. They're hoping that his shot is starting to come around and will be a little more consistent. And then if you add the Jalen Noel factor to that bench and, and a more consistent shooting Malik Beasley, now you really have something. But they really need Beasley to kind of find that consistency and be more of a of a reliable option there. And if they do, they're in real good shape with the second unit. If not, that group is going to struggle to score and they're going to be leaning even more heavily on their starters than they already are. Is Nas Reed exactly what we're seeing now, which is a nice rotational piece or is there, is there potentially more there? I think there's potentially more there, Jim, for sure. Just cause he's still so young. I mean, he's still just 22 years old and and is and is working on his game but there's no disputing that i mean he has not taken the leap that people were hoping for from him and i think that the problem that you're seeing with nas is he is uh, an undersized center um now his ability to shoot certainly helps in that regard but he still he's only 34 percent this year from three i mean it's not not um, anything super notable. Um, so what happens is he, there is a, a, a smaller set of parameters 
for him to be successful um, in a game, like depending on the opponent. So if if you get an opponent that is you know really big, really physical, um, really athletic in the front line, like Memphis is, he's going to really struggle. Um, it's just he's not going to have a whole lot there. You're going to have to play Carl Anthony Towns close to 40 minutes, things like that. And he's just not. It's just not going to be there. New Orleans was another one. He played just six minutes in that New Orleans loss. Um, just because he could not find a matchup. Finch could not find a matchup for him to take advantage of. Now, against Golden State, he played really well. Nine points, nine rebounds, uh, was a plus 20 in his 15 minutes on the floor because Golden State is pretty undersized, especially without Draymond Green there. So um, I, I just think that to really maximize Nas Reed, you need a to, to face those teams that are very small in the front court in the second unit and then he can have his way and then he can do some things to help you. But if you're looking for a guy that you can really rely on night in and night out to be a factor off the bench, he has not taken that step forward that, that way. And that's why I do think going into the trade deadline um, in, in February, I think that it should be a priority, not necessarily to add a starter, whether it's Miles Turner or somebody like that. That would be great if they could. But um, if they cannot do that, uh, to go find a a a traditional, more traditional big man to come off of the bench behind Carl Anthony Towns and just give them another dimension because that's one thing that they are missing right now. Just given that Nas Reed has proven to be a little bit more matchup oriented than probably we would have hoped for at this stage. I'll ask you about trades if there's anything worth talking about at this point. But first, though, tell me about Marquise Watts and his hiring. Yeah, it's a really interesting hire. Um, you know, I think that for years and years, what would happen is players would come into this organization. Um, they'd spend some time here. Then they would inevitably move on to another organization. And when they would come back, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd talk to them. I'd, 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 I'd catch up with them. Hey, how you doing? How's, how's the new team treating you? All these things. And what you always heard from players was that, the, the teams that they went to just had a lot more bells and whistles, a lot more kind of attention to detail with caring for the athletes and their families off the court. Um, they've just, it became clear to some of these players that, um, that the Timberwolves organization was not exactly rolling out the red carpet for everyone to make them feel super welcome and, and 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 super cared for and supported and when you think about being in Minnesota a small uh, a colder market um one that has not had much success i think that you have to go really above and beyond to try and make fl- players feel good when they are here and feel valued and want to stick around um i do think that under gerson rosas and then under sachin gupta now there have been efforts made in that direction to kind of increase that with nutrition, with, you know, um, concierge services for families, with all sorts of things like that they're doing away from the court to try and address those things, but there's still a long ways to go. And so hiring Marquise Watts, who was a, an executive with Clutch, uh, the, 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 the sports agency, um, and is, you know, has some roots in Minnesota. He played at Minnesota Morris in college. He has a daughter here. Um, and they're paying him 
an exorbitant amount of money that he is on, you know, he is in the executive level now with this position. So what that sends a message of is that they are making this a big time priority to increase the services that they have for players and families and make them feel better about sticking around here for the long term. So um, very interesting hire. We will see Jim um, about kind of some of the other things like, I, you know, there are some people who say, oh boy, here comes a clutch person. That's Anthony Edwards uh, agency. They're going to kind of start getting their hooks into this organization. And this is going to be their, their takeover of the organization. Um, but um, so far from what I'm told is that, you know, Marquise Watts is not going to have say in like personnel, player personnel and, and trades and, and roster moves and things like that. But it's clear that he does have um, the respect and the trust of Mark Laurie, of Alex Rodriguez. Glenn Taylor signed off on it, obviously, and, 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 and is in support of it. So I, I want to see how this position evolves as he gets here, as he kind of really gets going, um, and, and, and just see what kind of influence he does have over things beyond what he's going to be tasked with at the beginning. That's going to be the thing to watch and see just how things sort of shake out that way. But it is no doubt a first sign of what is going to be different under, you know, with Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie aboard is that they are going to spend money. They are going to invest and they're going to try and upgrade some of these things that have not been on par with other organizations. So um, just a very interesting hire. With, I think a lot of ramifications that we don't yet know about, and we'll just have to see as it goes along here. Let's talk potential trades next. Uh, you can also hear John on the Viking update show with me as we talk through uh our decades of covering the Minnesota Vikings and all the interesting things going on with them then. And a reminder, we have a great, just a great sports lineup. Now we have Mike Grimm added to Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, Royce Molly, Lavelle Neal, John Krasinski, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, Bardown Beauties uh, on the bench. We, we keep adding. We have great outdoor content. We have some variety content. Check everything out at talknorth.com. We do appreciate you listening. Um, so what do you think in terms of trades? I mean, as I always say, I don't want to just go through every ridiculous internet rumor, but is there anything worth discussing at this point? I would say that so far, um, there's a two, there's a couple of things that we know, and we've kind of said this part of it the last couple of weeks, but I do expect Sajin Gupta to be active in pursuing trades that add value to the team immediately to try and help them make this push. They look at the six seed as a very viable possibility uh, for this team with the way that the West is shaking out. And because of that, if you can get to that six seed and avoid the play in tournament altogether, which is seed seven through 10, I mean, that's, that's great. That's, that's an excellent um, situation to be in. So um, they are going to try to go for that. I, you know, I think that they are going to continue to always look at the Ben Simmons of the world, the Miles Turners, maybe a Jeremy Grant kind of a thing. Um, but I think that the reality of the situation is with what the athlete, with the assets that they have and sort of, you know, the, the way that their starting group has come together, it's going to be hard to put together packages to go get one of the really high profile people who are available on the market. It doesn't mean that it won't happen, but it's just going to be a challenge. So I think a more likely scenario is that, you know, they go and they they try to get more of like the role player that will 
that will bolster things for them um, that will either help with kind of their playmaking and an offensive organization off the bench, maybe another kind of pseudo point guard combo guard role, or they um, they look for a big man that that can help off the bench as well. And so um, I do think that if if Gupta is able to pull off a deal that adds some value that way to the second unit, I don't think that Timberwolves fans should be disappointed. I don't think that it should be Ben Simmons or bust for them. I think that if they can make the right moves to add one or two players that just fit this group a little bit better, there can be some significant progress made and jumps made um, in the just the next several months and down the stretch for this team. They're not that far away, not from being a contender, not from going to the Western Conference Finals or anything, but they are not that far away from being a team that can get into the playoffs comfortably. And then once you are in there, put a scare into someone in the first round. Like that's, I think, should be the goal for this season. And I think that that is attainable um, with with some of the things that could be done out there. Let's get a final thought from John. Again, thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton, our sales executive, Karen Cleary. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Uh, feel free to, to rate us. Uh, please subscribe. Talk us up to other people. Uh, we are growing fast and we're still, still a small company and we we are really enjoying uh, growing fast. Uh, let's uh, get a final thought from John, and we'll again see you at Tuttle's on January 24th at 7 p.m. Yeah, um, so it's going to be interesting for me, Jim. I'm, I'm kind of watching Anthony Edwards closely here um, and, and just to see, like, if there is a little bit of a funk that he got into. He did not play very well against Golden State the other night. He had, you know, against Memphis, he had 30, but – um, but it was kind of in and out. And, um, and so I think that right around this time last year, right around the midway point or just a little after is when we saw Anthony Edwards take a big leap as a rookie and really put together a consistent run of really strong performances that really, you know, kind of ratcheted up the enthusiasm and the anticipation for this year with him. I think this season, so far, he has had very good games. He has had excellent quarters and excellent halves of games. But being able to sustain it from quarter one through quarter four has been a little bit more elusive for him. He'll have you know 23 in the first half and then really kind of um, be quiet for the second half. He'll have 17 in a quarter and then you know score three or, or five in the next two quarters. So I think that... What we want to see more of from him is just a little more consistency, not from just game to game, but from quarter to quarter. And starting in the bright lights of Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night, then they play in Atlanta near his home, uh, in his hometown of Atlanta on Wednesday night. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to really start stacking some performances together. He's been really good playmaking and looking for others. But I, I think we want to see a little more explosiveness consistently. And um, maybe there's the opportunity for that here over the next couple of games. Good stuff from John. We'll see you at Tuttle's on January 24th. And again, check out Viking Update Show with John and myself talking about all the Vikings changes. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.